Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Lifestyle Matters. And once again, we have the good Dr. Savina with us. Hello, Savina. How are you? Good. Thanks, Virgil. And yourself? I'm very well. So I thought today we would talk about the DASH diet. So what does DASH stand for? What does it mean? Okay, so it stands for Dietary Approaches to Stop Hypertension. That's it. Right. So, so basically, it's, it's very simple. It's entirely focused on reducing blood pressure, isn't it? It is. It is. And it's what lots right. of GPs, lots of doctors actually recommend all the time. You know, when you've been diagnosed with hypertension, let's talk about yeah. the DASH diet. Well, yeah. Let's talk about the DASH diet because <laughs> it stops hypertension. That's what, it's, that's what it's for. That's correct. So what's, what's in the DASH diet? You know, what is it? Is it, is it steak and chips, burgers for lunch? <laughs> So the DASH diet is something that uh, we recommend quite commonly when someone's diagnosed with high blood pressure. It is what's in the current guidelines by the American Heart Association. The emphasis is really on eating um, a diet high in potassium, magnesium, calcium, lots of fruits and vegetables, whole grains, um, and uh, fish, poultry, things like that, and having lesser amounts of salt in our diet. Now, we usually, I mean... The average individual usually consumes about 2,000 milligrams a day of um, salt a day, which is about a teaspoon of salt. Uh, yeah. Sorry, no, that's, that's, that's the current guideline. But what we are actually taking in is about nine grams, which is where the recommendation is actually a five gram intake. So we are actually almost double of our current intake. Yeah. Now, what? And that's a really important uh, point to understand, isn't it? Because we just don't appreciate how much salt there is in processed foods. And, yeah. you know, one of my favorite processed foods is pizza. Mm-hmm. But that's probably the most salty food that you can eat in the, in the Western diet. And we don't think about how much salt there is. Definitely. And even things like, you know, when you talk to people Mm. or what do you snack on a handful of nuts or, Mm. you know, things like that. And you think you ask them, what's, Mm. is that just raw nuts? Is that roasted nuts? And you don't think about the amount of salt that's all put into that when they're also roasting it. So it's just lots of hidden salt in our diet, I guess, which we don't aware of. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess this study kind of looked at, um, you know, to put it very simply, what they found is people who were, um, consuming lesser amounts of sodium, of salt in their diet, had a a blood pressure reduction um, happening. The lesser we consumed, the bigger the reduction. So, for example, if we, most of us, most of us consume about three, three and a half grams a day of salt in our diet. If we reduce it to 2.3 grams a day, our blood pressure can reduce down to 7.5, about 7 millimeters mercury, um, which is quite a, quite a quite a good um, number and this is just a number in someone who doesn't have high blood pressure if you have high blood pressure that reduction is even greater which is about 11 and a half millimeters mercury so yeah it just goes to prove that salt you know a high salt diet can increase our blood pressure even more yeah because a reduction in salt reduces the blood pressure and we know that the dash diet has a bigger effect in people who are already diagnosed with hypertension rather than someone who doesn't have hypertension to begin yeah. with. But why all the fuss about blood pressure, Fergal? Well, <laughs> why all the fuss? <laughs> well, you know, basically, it, it, if, you don't, if we don't treat high blood pressure, if we don't treat these numbers, then, then people develop uh, downstream diseases, right? Now, a lot of people say to me, oh, well, I feel well, you know, 
Hypertension is a silent killer. You, it, you don't notice your blood pressure going up until it's almost too late. So by the time you get headaches from genuine hypertension, you really got to the, to the point where you need almost emergency treatment for your hypertension. But over time, as we become more hypertensive, as the pressure builds up in our vascular system, we increase the risk of heart disease, stroke, peripheral vascular disease, which leads to amputation. We increase the risk of kidney disease. We increase the risk of eye disease. These are all potential complications of, um, of having high blood pressure. And then, you know, I suppose we need to also understand that as we get older, hypertension is one of the big determinants of whether or not we're going to have uh, cognitive impairment in our, in our old age. So, you know, all of the great guidelines of, about cardiovascular health and uh, cerebrovascular health and cognitive health, they all emphasize blood pressure reduction. And the thing about blood pressure reduction, the optimal time of, of managing this blood pressure is not actually when you've got the disease, it's 20 years beforehand when you're, when you're still relatively young, fit and healthy, but your blood pressure is creeping up. So the investment in your numbers in terms of effort to actually reduce the numbers and, and make sure you're in the normal range or in the target range in your 40s and 50s will pay dividends into your 70s and 80s. And the corollary is also true that if you ignore these numbers, then you're increasing your risk of developing those diseases as you get older. But if we look at the DASH diet in more, more uh, detail, we've identified some key factors, right? So we know that it's a low sodium diet, and we know that in people with hypertension, a reduction to, of sodium can actually achieve uh, in a, between a seven to an 11 uh, millimeter of mercury reduction in systolic blood pressure. And, that is, that, and we know that that's actually as good as tablets. You know, that, that's, that's a tablet effect or the equivalent of there too. But it's not just a reduction in salt and in, in sodium chloride. There's, there's, as you've already mentioned, it's an increase in potassium. So we know that potassium in, uh, in our diets reduces blood pressure. We know that the average Western diet is deficient in potassium. And so there are specific foods that you've already mentioned that are rich in potassium. So these are the, the bananas, the, the cantaloupes, the peaches, the, the Brussels sprouts, the broccoli, the spinach, the lentils, and things like that. It's also, however, a low-fat, low-red meat diet, isn't it? Would you care to speak about that as well, Savina? Yeah, so I guess, and that comes to what we've been <laughs> going on about every single episode about eating more plant-based food and reducing our red meat consumption. And it comes down to basically having the guidelines on the DASH diet actually recommends one to two servings a day of low-fat dairy products or red meat. Um, and that's basically what the recommendations are. Um, essentially, the other thing to also increase, which we talked about previously in the other diets, is also increasing our woofers and poofers, and that comes down to also our nuts and seed intake. So increasing that to about two to three times a week also. So lowering your saturated fat and increasing our, you know, woofers and poofers in our diet. So, you know, when you, yeah. when you read about all this and you study about all this, I think the message seems to be quite consistent, isn't it? Would you, would you agree with that, Virgil? The fact that, you know. <laughs> yeah, you can get really twisted up in the specific details of, you know, am I eating a high MUFA diet or a high PUFA diet with enough stanols or sterols and not enough sodium? And, you know, the bottom line is this, right? A vegetarian, a plant-based whole food diet full of colored vegetables, full of legumes, 
with minimal saturated fat, minimal red meat, absolutely no processed red meat, fish a couple, uh, oily fish a couple of times a week for the marine omega, omega threes is probably the best kind of diet that you can do. And it's got so many downstream effects. You know, it's, it's, it always comes back to plants are the vitamin pills. Plants are nature's vitamin pills. And if you want to boost, just eat more plants. There are so many ways that it is beneficial for you. But, you know, we're talking about the DASH diet and we're talking about, you know, what the point of the DASH diet is, which is basically it's a reduction in blood pressure. And it's the first line, it's the first line dietary intervention that a lot of GPs recommend for, for hypertension. But we also need to understand it's not something that we can do in isolation, right? If you want to lower your blood pressure, you still have to do everything else. So, so there are other things that can impact upon blood pressure. So you've talked about low sodium, you've talked about increasing the potassium. We need to exercise more. Exercise reduces blood pressure. We need to drink alcohol in moderation. We know that, that alcohol actually causes blood pressure. So quitting the booze or at least regulating the booze to a decent level within national guidelines is a step towards reducing blood pressure as well. And, you know, stress management, these also have to be taken into account. So it's not just enough to say, oh, you've got hypertension, go on the DASH diet. You don't, and you don't have to go and exercise and walk the dog and do meditation and Pilates and quit the booze and the fags. Oh, oh, sorry, I forgot to mention cigarettes. Yeah. Cigarettes <laughs> increase blood pressure, you know? Yeah. So, you know. And having adequate sweet the, sleep. Having adequate sleep. These are all factors that we need yeah. to take into account when we're trying to manage hypertension. So yes, the DASH diet can be the foundation, but to miss out all of the other levels of the of what people need as an intervention is doing patients a disservice. I'm just going to play devil's advocate here, but you know, just when you actually do research into the DASH diet itself, it's actually not easy to follow. I think how no, many of not. us have time to actually sit and meal prep and count, you know, serves of different things and you know try to sort it out in our yeah. diet. Um, and I guess that's probably why compliance is actually pretty low with the DASH diet. I think there was, you know, looking at the American population, it was about a 1% um, could actually follow the diet. It's not something that's easy to follow. Um, yeah. And, you know, you've got to meal plan and things. It's not easy. So, you know, and it's I think I'm just no. taking it back to what we you were just saying just now about the whole whole food, plant-based diet, minimize saturated fat, um, and, you know, doing all yeah. the other lifestyle interventions with it too. Yeah, yeah. So it's useful to know about, but look, if you cannot manage the DASH diet, it's by no means the end of the road in terms of lifestyle interventions. You know, just, and, you know, I don't believe, I believe in moderation. I don't believe in extremism of any kind. So therefore, you know, if you can't manage to be completely adherent to the DASH diet, well, pick another diet that works for you. Effectively, the more plants you eat, the less red meat you eat, the lower your blood pressure is going to be. The more exercise you do, the lower your blood pressure is going to be. If you abstain from tobacco smoking, reduce your alcohol, do some meditation, sleep well, the lower your blood pressure is going to be. You know, it's <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a little challenge there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the message is consistent, right. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, on that sweet note, I think it's time to put the dash diet to bed and <laughs> i look forward to chatting with you again very shortly thanks very much savina thanks virgil see you next time that's all for today's lifestyle matters thanks for watching and we'll see you next time